In a world where heresy blankets the airwaves, religious stuffed shirts suck the life out of Sunday morning, and prosperity teachers rob grandmothers of their pensions, three unassuming ministers endeavor to shine the light of biblical theology and put the fun back in fundamentalism. Broadcasting live from the Hall of Dogma... Brought to you this week by Amelia Earhart, Jimmy Hoffa, and Captain Crunchy's Man Card. Welcome in to episode 102 of the Gospel Friends. I am the Reverend Verbage. I am the Captain Crunchy, and I've solved your riddle. All three of those things are interesting and awesome. Go ahead, Nick. Keep going with that. I am pick a title for me because it changes well, you gotta, every you gotta, three months, Nick. Okay, well, if something if, about pot, right? If people are listening oh, no, to no, this for the very first time, they're not going to not going to get that. So, when we started the show, you were nuclear, Nick. Yes. Then you calmed down. A name some. I did not choose. Then you calmed down some, primarily because. I found because. <laughs> <laughs> and then you became narco, narco Nick. Nick. Well, we learned some explosive news during pre-show that I I can't reveal just yet, but it does have a little bit to say about that nickname, doesn't it? Indeed, it does. I think it does. So. The Jimmy Hoffa, Amelia Hart, and Captain Crunchy's man card are all things that have been missing, missing for a very, very, very long, long time. time. Very long time, and nobody knows where they are. No. And so, uh, actually, I think someone has a lead on one of those items, but it's pretty safe and secure. Amelia Hart, Amelia Earhart, or uh, keep going, Jimmy Hoffa, keep going. Uh, Captain Crunchy's man card. Oh, I'm sure somebody knows where it is. Hey, David, what Bradford's had probably had it for one. <laughs> What, what are you doing this Wednesday after a men's meeting here at Agape? I'm not boxing. I, I have an idea. I'll I'm show not, you where my man card I'm, is. I'm not boxing. Um, so we have been... Well, that might have been an edit point. <laughs> That's early. I use that, guys, because some people feel like we have been missing, like as in the gospel friends. Now, I, for one, know where we've been the whole time, so I'm not really sure why. Where I was. I'm not really sure why... Uh, why people have been thinking that. Well, but I've wondered where you guys were. I've been trying to get a podcast going for the last year. We we uh, recorded episode 100, yes, which ended with all of us having to uh, leave, take care of various emergencies. Well, it's not like our primary job is podcasting. It should be. Well. Then we had a episode 101 that was uh, – there was an episode 101. We did not. Well, have. we didn't have. It was kind of. Did you guys read the Superman comics when you were a kid, where Superman died? Yes. And then sure. the, the 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 doomsday. The kind of. You weren't sure if they were Superman or not. Yeah, they were different guys. They that were was kind actually of a fun run of comics. Yeah. Dude, look, did you ever see the video? No. The fight in that video between Superman and Doomsday is one of the best fights it's you will real. ever see. It was so freaking intense. I need to go find it. Sorry, so, David, you well, were talking. That was kind of like episode 101 to yes. me. It was, there were some guys, but you weren't sure. I mean, they were really the gospel friends or not. And I think you, you later discovered they weren't. Mm. Did we discover they weren't? That sounds a little so. insulting to those guys. I mean, they were good. Those guys are our friends. They were good. They're our friends. They were yeah. good. But, I mean, were they... Are you like questioning whether they there were a man of steel? Were they but the he was not cool, the man of steel. Yeah, I mean, it was not the gospel friends. I, I don't know. It was some gospel They're friends. They're our friends. They believe the gospel. That's something, right? Ooh, hold on. Well, anyway, something. bottom line is 
we have been Nick and I have been trying to get back to this table ever since then. Yes, and Chase long, at every journey. turn has has stymied us because he uh, he fell out of love with podcasting. Well, but I, all that's important this. now, Chase, is that we're back. Well, he I, started a career as a writer. Well, he did. True. He became author. Chase, Chase Thompson, the pastor, the pastor of a. Uh, excuse me. Hall of Dogma Church. Hey, we already that away. good gravy. <laughs> Look, I'm just happy that you, that I, I'm happy to agree to what you guys asked me, which is six straight months of podcasts every week. <laughs> so now that I've resisted and resisted and resisted, and I've given my word, well, here we are. All it cost me was a marriage. About the same. That's that's not a heavy price. Wow. So why don't we go how many around people the are you married to versus what? how many people listen to the show? Oh my! Yeah, <laughs> simple math. Let's not split this hair too far down, shall we? If somebody was listening to this podcast for the very first time, Chase, and yes. they had not caught the first one hundred and one episodes, yes, how would really you? Really, just one hundred? How would you? I'm giving them credit for the, for the episode. But is it the, the question you have to ask yourself? Is it really one hundred and one, or is it one hundred and three, or one hundred and two? Well, actually, if you count all the pre-shows that we recorded back in the days, 107. Chase, how would you describe what the Gospel Friends podcast is about? Gosh, I wish I had prepared for this moment. I would say sort of a combination between a Christian show for sufferers of ADD and a train wreck kind of coming together, (laughs) something like that. So the people who listen, it's not that they want to listen, they just can't. Turn Look it away. Off. Sort of Is that like what that, you're saying? Yeah. Okay. Well, it's like an unfolding fair. catastrophe with a few Bible verses thrown in. That's fair. Uh, Nick, how would you describe what the Gospel Friends were uh, every, are about? Well, in the vein of what Reverend Verbridge was describing, every staff meeting we ever had tried to have at the Hall Dog. I think Church. I'm Captain That's Crunchy. Captain Crunchy. Oh, what did I call you? Well. He read Verbridge. That's well. awesome. That's me. That's amazing. That's why I say I'm the Rev Verbridge. The I'm Rev the Rev only one. Well, Not look, anymore, rusty. though. It's been, Hold on. It's been a year. The title has... Has it been a year? I don't know. How long has it been? May 27th, I believe. Are you serious? Was the last... Episode 100? I'm sorry. That was episode 100, not the last. Really? It's been a year. Yeah. I looked today. And then before episode 100, there was like a long gap. I'm sorry, June 27th. How would you... Okay, so we're not going to... How would you describe what the Gospel Friends uh, are about? Honest to goodness, and and it's what was the genesis of the show, which was... When we come together, this is how our interactions go. Yep, and it's it's something that yes, it is usually ADD fueled. Um, some of our conversations end up in train wrecks, but we we ultimately try and point one another to Jesus yes. in in a real way in real life. And life is messy, and life is often a train wreck. But we try to point one another to Jesus. So that is. And our, uh, really it used our, to be something about waffles. And yeah, we, I was going to say, our goal at the beginning, we said, because we used to have these long nights at yep. Waffle House, and uh, it drove all of us to gray hairs and various medical conditions because we'd only get like two hours sleep. Indeed. But we would have long nights at Waffle House where we'd sit around, and the topic might be wrestling. The comic, uh, it might be comics. It might be um, what what is the deal with the baptism of the Holy Spirit. It might be. It might be some cultural question of the day. Hey, do you think this guy's a heretic or not? Yep. It or, may be all four of those. It may be all night. those, and we were just goofing off. So that was really the genesis and the motivation behind the podcast. And we're very blessed to have been able to do 100, 100 episodes and now come back uh, for episode 102. I want to give a shout-out to the people in our Facebook group, yep. the Hall of Dogma 
on Facebook. The That's hall, a strange name. Where you can reach the uh, reach that uh, hallofdogma.com. And really, I would say the credit goes to the to the guys in the hall who have actually acted like they wanted to hear the podcast again. Some of them, anyway. Yes. And the biggest shout-out, I think, goes to the director, yeah, Mr. Tony Vance, give him that. because Tony has uh, really pushed and encouraged and exhorted uh, for us to, to come back and record. Who would get the second-place medal? Uh, well, well, you guys are just wanting to make enemies, aren't you? What, because we're talking about second place? Well, I mean, just, you know, who are you, who you going to leave out? There's so many important people in the hall. They're, you okay? <laughs> oh, dear I'm just my. so emotional about it. Yeah. I, I will say that Tony tried to motivate us to start recording again by playing a everyday in the Hall of Dogma, yes, posting a Nickelback video, which in no way motivated me to want to record because it just gave me my daily dose of Nickelback without having to go to Amazon and look it up or anything. So I, yeah, I wondered if you I realized that was going to backfire. I didn't really, I didn't really get what that was all about. But anyway, we're we're here, so I yes. guess whatever he was doing worked. I guess so. Good job, director. So a couple questions. Number one, uh, how rusty do you guys think we're going to be? I mean, this is kind of like the the star quarterback or the star shortstop that that takes some time off from the game and then yeah. comes back and everybody's watching him. Can he perform at the level he used to perform at? That's the question. Can we can we reach up and grab that bar that we set? Mm. What do you what do you guys think? Are, are, are we going to be able to do that or trip over on? Are we we are recording right? Did you hit record? Oh, I forgot that earlier. part. Okay, I was just checking. Hold on. Just just to give you some clue of, yeah. of some of the things people okay. used to experience with the show. Okay. <laughs> Meanwhile, at the Hall of Dogma. Hold on. Wait. 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 Suck the life that out of Sunday awful. morning. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we needed some sound effects. Wait. There's more. What would you call that train wreck? Choo-choo. <laughs> And last but not least, dude, I'm gonna hug you like a Japanese chair. So, dude, I'm gonna hug. What kind of standard are you really talking about? Yeah, I think I think I think we're fine. Okay, I think we're fine. Look, that I listened to that episode the other day, the um, Japanese chair, Japanese chair episode, and I was astonished for a couple of reasons. Number one, I forgot how funny that episode was. (laughs) Yes, it was. Number two, you do you amuse yourself? Number two, I do. I find myself very funny. Number two, you told a. you told a rather uh, walk in the line joke about uh, <laughs> about um, I did that Jesus and the di- Jesus and the disciples. I was a little shocked. Which one was that? Uh, it was uh, really. I, yeah, yeah. Okay. I think it was. <laughs> I think it was something about Jesus walking into a bar and ordering twelve glasses of water and winking at the disciples. Well, that's not that bad. Except we're Baptist. I cringed a little. Oh. I mean, water to wine, that's a miracle in the Bible. Well, anyway. All right. I, I, so, so we'll be fine today. Let's Before we get to the meat of the show, why don't we give a quick recap of what we've been doing in the past year? That's a great idea. Um, now, uh, I can start with me. I have... Um, Not usually. surprised there. Yeah, I, so it, I have... Uh, Really, goal-wise, I've, I've reached a lot of my goals. I have um, got a couple of pr- promotions at the church. I'm now the uh, minister of grass cutting, That's which I've been, I've been trying to get that for a while. And I, I'm also the chief armor bearer 
for Senior Pastor Chase Thompson on Sunday mornings, which uh, – So if you're the chief grass cutter, why was Rev Verbage no, 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 cutting no. the hill no, no. on? Okay. What is wrong with you yeah, right I'm, now? So, I'm still okay. Captain Crunchy. That was still on purpose. Sorry. Okay. What's, are you okay? Have you, I'm fine. You had all your meds? Are you – have you had too many of you? The other one was confusing. The, <laughs> okay. Look, so, okay, hold on. Good. Inside baseball a little bit because <clears throat> you earned your title back Rev in Verbage. the day. Yeah. Oh, I see what but you're you doing. But you have a contender. I do. No, look, I have been knocked off my throne in, in that regards. But I'm I'm the chief armor bearer for for um, Captain Crunchy on Sundays, which Indeed. is a little hard because he bought this gargantuan iPad he preaches from. So having to walk <laughs> around for 30 minutes following him around the building and carrying that is a little tough. Hey, you know what? I'm going to pull but back it's, the curtain it's a little it. bit, too. The reason why McConnell is making this little joke is because one time in a local Pinson Facebook group to advertise my books so no. my children would And starve. on your website, ChaseAThompson.com. <laughs> on Amazon. Maybe on your website. other places. <laughs> I just place put, I'm you the pastor of Agape Baptist Church. After spending eight years saying, we don't really do titles here. Uh, we don't really have like a traditional pastor set up. One of his first big moves was instituting pastor. elders. Yeah, so it's I, a, it's a I sheer believe leadership. In plurality of leadership. I wrote a book. I'm the pastor. Of- well, I changed it. And the last time I posted in the Pinson Facebook group, I was just hey, some guy who wrote a book. How about that? So you have wrote a book. Why don't you let's let's talk about that real quick? You wrote two books. I have. You are now a published written. author. That's Writ- right. What did I say? Wrote. If you if you you're, sound like you're listen, if you're going to if you're going to correct my bad grammar, this it's is going to be, be a long show. show. <laughs> We're going to be here a while. Okay, you've written yes two books. Correct. One of them is called The Case for Christ. Yes. Both of them have been bestsellers, by the way. Wait, what? Like, <laughs> and the other one was Desiring God. That's correct. Okay. Yeah. They're fantastic. Wait a minute, though. People will go out now and buy those two books. Okay, what are, what are the two? What are the what are the two books out. you have published? Uh, the first book I published was a review of uh, the Shack. Okay, uh, it was called Unshackled. It helpfully came out about a couple of months after the movie <laughs> released. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, so, so I had really good timing there. Um, and, I really uh, like the photo on the cover of that. Uh, thank you. I, I don't know. You know, I just bought that from a professional take photo that? site, no. and my daughter took that. Oh, okay. um, but uh, it took a pretty dim view of the book, The Shack. Even though uh, I, I read the full book, um, sort of enjoyed it. Thought the, the- theology was uh, a little bit uh, non-existent. If, yeah, bad. <laughs> just, just bad. Um, it's an interesting story. Uh, somebody came up to me recently and said, "Hey, you know, they told me a couple of weeks ago, hey, I bought your book." And they came up again and said, "I started reading your book." And I was like, "Yeah, all right, awesome." And she said, um, "Well, it turns out it's about the shack, and I've never read the shack, so I'm going to go buy that and read it first, <laughs> oh, no. and then finish reading your book." Nice. And I did, so you're driving I people to read to the say. shack. I didn't know what to say to her, so I just smiled and said, "Okay." So I've regretted that conversation a couple times. Okay. Um, second book is uh, it did actually release on Easter, which is is you know ideally it would have been a month before, but it was at least on the day. Um, and it is called Easter Backdoor Fiction, um, and it is uh, it is about the resurrection. Twenty nice. reasons to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Nice apologetic book. Uh, I hope so. I hope so. Yeah, and, and and those books can be purchased if you are interested. I'm just throwing this out for Chase, but Amazon.com. Amazon.com. 
uh, or his website, chaseathompson.com. We'll give you some links there. Hey, Mike. So we've covered what I've been doing and my promotions, what Chase has been doing. He's yep. an author now. Nick, what, what have you been doing this past year uh, while we were um, not here together in the, in the Hall of Dogma? What um, have you been making growing? sure services? What, not growing. <laughs> oh, doing, sorry, sorry. Doing oh, making sure what? Jesus, making sure services at the Hall of Dogma Church don't get off the rails. How's that been going? Great when I'm here. When you're here, yep. Y'all Anytime make up for Nick when I'm not. not here. We have trouble. We don't I'll have time to tell. We don't have time to tell that story uh, or any of those stories. But um, pretty interesting when Nick's not here. I, I have one thing that I do want to ask about uh, Chase. Yep. I, I have. I've been told a rumor. Now I was at a oh, goody. I was at dinner. This possibly go wrong. I was at dinner with some friends and family a couple weeks ago, and uh, this is this was the conversation. I'm just going to give it to you in a nutshell that I overheard. Hey, you know, hey, I did don't you think guys hear Nick enough time to uh, to answer? Where I'm, I'm good. He's lucky that no, no, he got to oh, yeah. speak. We normally cut his part. That's true. Yeah. So I mean, it's it's okay. an upgrade. Well, let's get so this we part. were at dinner, we're and I was heard. I, I was. This is what I was told last night, which would have been a Saturday night. Chase and his wife went dancing. Oh. <laughs> uh, Chase didn't dance with his wife. He danced with other women. And that the first woman he danced with, after five seconds of dancing with Chase, she left the dance floor and wasn't seen again. And and Chase eventually just went and sat down. So, so have you taken up dancing with other women? or There's, there's a lot of... Uh, Half truths, half truths, and what you were told. Okay, so uh, are you or are you not dancing now? Uh, well, I tried. <laughs> I tried to dance. I, I was a spectacular failure. Oh, um, what, what kind so. of dancing was this? Uh, it was something called contra dancing, which okay. apparently with uh, I it was a called group swing of dancing, rebels out not, of Nicaragua, but um, uh, not that kind of contra. No, a different sort of contra. Where was not this the at? video game contra either. It was downtown okay. at the uh, Young Women's uh, Christian Association building. That would be the uh, YWCA. Yes, the, the one the famous song is about. And uh, uh, Well, almost. Almost. Yes. Uh, so, so my wife's kind of wanted us to go dancing and some friends of ours do it and and so we went and and we went to the beginners part at the at the beginning and first thing they did was separate me from from my wife so she had to dance with a why is a that guy because we were both rank beginners okay and so right. they said they had to teach us how to okay. do this and so they they proceeded to teach us and I just gotta say, it was more complicated than calculus. All these things you had to do, and and switching up partners, and moving here, and moving up the line, and down the line, and left does this, and right does that, and do this with your hands, and so I had about four or five different partners for the first minute or two. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, hold on. Is that the, is on. That the Rob Bell? Can, has can anything I, been heretical yet? I, no, this was kind of a. I'm, I'm using the Rob Bell for a timeout. Can I do that? Okay. Let's do that. Allowed. Just quick question, Nick. If if your wife asks you to go dancing one Saturday night, yeah, uh, would you say yes? Sure. Okay. If well, you, really, if you got to the if you got to the establishment where you're going to dance, and you walked in the door, and a, a, some gentleman met you and said, "Okay, first thing we need to do is we need." You, Mr. Jenkins, to come this way, and you, Miss Jenkins, to go this way, and y'all are going to dance with other people. Uh, would that be a red flag to you at all, or significant red flag? Okay, that's okay. Book back. <laughs> go ahead, Chase. Okay. Well, I mean, I was already in there, so. <laughs> well, I mean, hey, 
you know, Lord, I know, said. I know, God, this was, you know, kind of <laughs> technically a sin, but I mean, I was already there. <laughs> it's not technically a sin. There's nothing in the Bible about not dancing with other people. <laughs> okay, go ahead. Okay, so anyway, so so you swap up partners every minute or well, so. But you're already there, so <laughs> what, what, what are you going to do? I just raise a red flag and say, whoa, stop. There's like 50 people dancing, <laughs> literally. Hey, the more people are sinning, the more you should just go with it. Anyway. Well, that sounds logical. So so anyway, eventually I was I was paired with a uh, a young African American lady that was as much of a beginner as as I was, yep. and and I think she got scared because it was incredibly complicated, mm-hmm. and and she um, she left, and that left you kind of do this in 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 groups of four, and and so that left our group of four with three people, and it confused everything, so I had to leave. And so I watched for a while, and the dance just kept getting more and more complicated, more layers of movement. And, well, that was the end of my well, dancing career. So now when you say that for the young lady that you were paired with that it got complicated, yeah. by that you mean you had stepped on her feet a lot? I, and I it, did not step on anybody's feet. Okay. So what did you do at that point? I, I sat down to watch. You did? You uh-huh. just sat and watched? Yeah. And uh, how long did you do that? A while, mm, long, yeah. long while. You just so the rest of the night. You just can we get there. like a time frame in minutes? I don't know, seven minutes. Seven minutes. <laughs> so then you and you and your wife just left and went and got some coffee or no. did something else. Enjoy well, the rest of your date night, right? I mean, spend some quality spend time, some together. time together. Well, these women kept coming up and asking me to dance, and I didn't know how. By to. women, you mean your wife? N- no. Di- well, different you, women. You were already there, so uh, well, they were like fifty or sixty. 50 or 60 women, just, okay. No, 50 or 60-year-old. <laughs> I was trying to figure out where, where all their partners were. So, hey, so what did, you, point out what did you decide to do? We warned them this would be a train wreck. So yeah. if you're still listening, I mean, you're, getting, you're getting what you paid for. Yeah, you are. So what did you do? I went for a walk. You went for a walk uh-huh. as it, you left the building. Yeah, through the project. So where did you and Janet go? Uh, not just me. Oh, she, she stayed and danced. She, she she was good at it. So you you left while your wife was dancing. With, <laughs> these these with, women kept asking me to dance, and I couldn't dance. And so you just left. So your date night was your wife danced, um, and you left. Uh, yeah. Okay. That sounds Can pretty good, doesn't now? it? Can I ring oh this? yeah, you're done. Yeah, okay. You're good. And we're good. So we have a uh, we have a bell. Uh, we have some mascots here in the Hall of Dog, and we have Martin Luther Playmobil. Martin Luther. We have the Hog, Arkansas Razorback. Thank you, Brad Melton. Brad shout Melton. Out. Uh, this was a shout out. The Playmobil Martin Luther's from the, the general. general. We have, Who might be on the next episode? Perhaps. Maybe. Then we have Plastic Chris Atwood, who is holding a uh, arm that belongs to one arm John the Baptist, who we can't find. This is very troubling. He's to missing me. with Amelia Earhart and Jimmy Hoffa. John the Baptist was our first mascot. He was. He was, and, and he's not. Only here. his arm survives. So we're going to maybe because of plastic. Plastic Chris, Chris Atwood, Atwood. swole. Shout out, and to he removed it. Chris Atwood, Pastor Chris Atwood. Chris oh, yeah. Atwood, Pastor Plastic Chris, Chris Atwood. Atwood. Yeah, there you go. And uh, and then we have the Rob Bell, was that a which gift was a gift from Nathan Martin, and we yeah. ring this whenever we hear Shout heresy or things that don't. Make biblical Dancing sense. with a bunch of different women makes fine biblical sense. Hey, you know what would make Chapter more sense? Verse. You know what? Well, look, and Nick, if you're there, Leviticus. if you're there, and there's a lot of people, 
It's all right. I, look, clearly, I mean, that's what my youth pastor taught. That's what you guys yeah. teach them. I didn't want to go. I was just trying to be nice. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know. Chase, I have to ask now, did you ever, in, in youth group, when you were a youth pastor, tell the story of if you're standing on a stool, it's easier to be pulled off said stool than pulled up to? No, I've never heard of that. It's that like a good illustration. Are you serious? I have heard that one. I knew you were cheesy enough to use it, but I was... You were not easy youth pastor. Maybe that was a, maybe that was an Assembly of God thing. Maybe. Yeah, maybe so. Maybe. Hey, you know what would make sense? Well, we don't believe in persecution you know of the saints. That might be it. You know what would make more sense What's that? than you dancing? Maybe. Actually doing something serious on this show. Oh. Why don't we get into something uh, segment-wise? How about that? I, I, that sounds like a good okay. idea. What are, we, what are we doing Not first? our worst transition ever, by the way. Well, no, but we're not really supposed to talk about it when we transition. <laughs> That's what Chase does. Are you Okay. <laughs> so what's on tap for tonight we we are bringing back i inhaled a, some coffee i apologize we are bringing back an me. early segment yes called affectionately in the in the tioli tioli oh sorry tioli which stands for take it or leave it chase yes. is going to explain what that is in just a moment we also have a what were you thinking really uh, on tap for tonight yes did you run over another old lady <laughs> no um, and I didn't run over that old lady. Oh, yeah, you did. You might, you although, might as well have. although she deserved it. But anyway, I. Good uh, gravy. I, He's swapping partners. And then you ran over old women. <laughs> like, what in the world? That was a strong <laughs> euphemism there. And then. Uh, do you dance alone or do you dance with a partner, Chase? It's like square do dancing. Do you dance alone or do you dance with a partner, well, you Chase? dance with several partners. <laughs> What's wrong do with that? Do you swap out? Well, nothing, because everybody's doing it. I mean, so. <laughs> And then we're going to what, – what's the main – what's our main topic for tonight, Chase? <laughs> um, Marital it's stability? Not about, it's not about dancing. Yeah. It's from a uh, Denny Burke article. A Denny Burke? Burke okay. article. Are Burke. our differences unbridgeable? And uh, just spoiler alert, it's on the issue of homosexuality. Might be a little, might be a little controversial. Well, no more controversial than – than what everybody's already got so far. Yeah, absolutely. Point. All right, let's go, let's let's uh, let's go for uh, Tioli to begin. Uh, so Chase, I'll let you explain what Tioli is. All right, welcome into the part of the show where we get slightly more serious in the game Tioli or the segment. I guess we'll call it a segment. Um, in the segment of Tioli, I will give you a couplet of headlines, and you two guys will vote on which one we choose. If it is a split vote, I will act as the tiebreaker. Otherwise, I just tell you what the story is, and you guys are color commentators. Okay. Are you ready? I am ready. Nick, are you ready? Ready. All right. You know, I have to agree on things here if we can, which is not always easy for us. All right. Here. Maybe maybe some time off we'll have bridged. Maybe so. Maybe so. I mean, it's been almost a year. Here is your four, first choice, gentlemen. Should we talk about either A – the worst consequence of skipping church or B, forgiving somebody who hasn't asked for forgiveness. Hmm. Those are both um, kind of deep topics. See, I think he wants us to choose the skipping church one because that is a mortal sin to the captain. Captain, Captain, absolutely. I got it right that time. Yeah, you did. Thank you. You're you're correct. The captain. I think we're being – he is not a fan of skipping church. Yeah. Which, you know, I mean, I'm not either, but 
it's not quite the red line. Yeah, you don't send hunting parties out for people. <laughs> <laughs> Neither do I. I make okay, or forgive somebody who hasn't asked for forgiveness. Forgiveness is important to a Christian. It is, and there could be people dealing with unforgiveness. What do you think? I'd, I'd like to hear your opinion, Nick. What do you think we should do? Whoa. Okay, I feel like this I'm being first. Shanghai'd. Like, <laughs> I don't know what to do. Be careful, Nick. It's a trap. David's giving away a choice to no, another no, no, person. No, no, no. I just wanted to hear what you had. I mean, it's not going to matter. I'm going to pick. Uh, and <laughs> zing. Um, I'm kind of torn, so. Um, actually, actually, for, for different reasons that I can explain later, I'm actually more interested in the forgiveness one right this time. Okay, well, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to let you have that. Thank you, David. And uh, you know, I, may, I may call in a favor later. Okay, so, Chase, we're going we're gonna to go for uh, can I forgive someone who doesn't confess wronging me? Well, this is great because uh, I was kind of thinking it would be the other article. So give me just a couple minutes to read this article, and then I'll tell you what it's about. I'm just kidding. This is from our old friends at Desiring God and specifically from an interview with friend of the podcast, John Piper. You guys might be familiar with Hey, that's with the name him. of my gun. Yes, it is. Okay. He's uh, very honored that you guys named after him. Two previous episodes. Essentially, John Piper is asked the question, can I forgive someone who doesn't confess to wronging me? And he himself breaks it down in three different ways, the, the question three different ways, and these are his three questions. Can we forgive a person who doesn't think they've done wrong and we think they have? Number two, if they don't ask for forgiveness, can forgiveness proceed? Number three, what if I die before I forgive them or they ask? Ooh, that's, a good mm. and that, that's, a, that's, that's a good question. So, of course, Pastor John starts with the classic teaching of Jesus from the Sermon on the Mount, mm-hmm. Matthew six twelve through 14 uh, and 15, where, where Jesus instructs us to pray, forgive us our debts as we also have forgiven our debtors, and then points out to us, if we do not forgive others right. when they sin against us, the Heavenly Father will not forgive us. Pastor John essentially includes concludes by saying that if somebody else doesn't ask us for forgiveness, then the full experience of forgiveness cannot be granted. Nevertheless, we should forgive even when a person um, doesn't ask. Mm-hmm. What do you guys think about that? So restate the first part of that question because there was something about – Can I forgive someone who doesn't confess to wrong wronging me? So in this instance, is this somebody that we – like we see they're specifically wronging you. Because I think a lot of times in church especially, we we see things other folks do and we hold them in contempt for those things. And it's not even a wrong done to us. It's just something we don't like that that person's doing or whatever. And see, to me, that's I, – I read – I heard that differently the first time you said it. Um, I To me, I know personally there's <clears> – <throat> at different points in my life – through different circumstances, I felt impetus to forgive people that it, it's not that we haven't talked or whatever. Like they know I don't like something they've done or they've they've hurt me. They've never shown any type of acknowledgement of maybe the wrongdoing. Um, but I know it's had a significant effect on me in my life spiritually, and I had to forgive them in my own mind so it no longer hindered my relationship honestly with the lord and your own personal growth yeah absolutely 
Like I couldn't get past this one thing to see yeah. many benefits the Lord had put right in front of me in terms of relationship and ministry and things like that. I definitely think – I mean I think the answer to the question biblically is yes. You, you forgive whether the person has confessed wrong or not. Yeah. I think it's possible that uh, – especially if this is a brother in Christ and, and, and they have – I think your point's a good one. If they've sinned against you personally, so this is a you – know, they've wronged you somehow – I mean, the Bible even gives instructions on what to do there, which is go to that person and 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 try for reconciliation. And and if if, if they're not listening and, and they're not won over, then the Bible gives some more instructions, including taking some other people with you, which is I think more of a, a picture of even ensuring at that point, okay, am I correct in this? And we're going to bring some other people in to validate and to try to convince them. Um, I think that's not that's not our natural inclination. Honestly, we're naturally inclined. Someone hurts us, we're naturally inclined to not only not forgive them, but we're naturally inclined to want to probably talk to anybody about it except for the person. <laughs> yes, and and really, the Bible says keep it between you and them. But the instructions in Ephesians four, verse thirty two: be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other, just as in Christ God forgave you. So the qualifier for forgiveness that we're given is forgive each other. And I think that's an instruction to the church just as Christ in Christ, God forgave you. So that's the qualifier. People say things sometimes we, we come up with catchphrases like, well, I have to forgive them, but I don't have to like them. I don't mm. think that's biblical that's forgiveness weak. Weak for <laughs> biblical forgiveness for a Christian, uh, for brother or sister in Christ. Um, you are to forgive as God forgave you. God forgave us. Uh, while we were still sinners, he sent Christ to die for us. So I think God worked out our means for forgiveness without our requesting that he do that. I mean, he he chose to do that. And it's actually that act of mercy and compassion that drive us to want to repent. And so it, it could be that even you forgiving that person will be what brings them around to Asking for forgiveness. Yeah, a qualifier. Or, no, I'm sorry, not a qualifier, but a, the next question that's often brought up in this discussion is, you know, we've already kind of thrown out, thrown weak sauce to the idea of, well, I forgive him, but I what don't that like from? him. Weak sauce is that like a movie or something, or you just throwing that out? Weak His sauce, preteen sauce. daughter. Okay, cool. um, the idea of um, forgiving but not liking. At what point do you have to reengage? with that person that's hurt or harmed you and in, in, in what capacity? Like, is it business as usual? Um, do you just pretend like it never happened? Um, do you have to put them through seven trials so they can earn your favor back? Like, how does that work? Cause you know, I know this particular situation I'm thinking of, it would probably be a toxic relationship for a while, even after we made peace. Right. Mm -hmm. So how do you walk that out? That's a hard question. John Piper quotes First Peter two twenty three, um, how Jesus handled things when he was reviled. He did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten, but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. So, if you're in a situation where somebody's hurt you and they have not asked for your forgiveness, but um, you believe it's the Bible's command, which I agree with both of you, to forgive anyway. I think that you don't necessarily have to be in deep relationship with the, that person 
But you do have to love them, and you do have mm-hmm. to serve them, trusting that God will take care of you, uh, whether they treat you right or not. Um, you know, Jesus had an inner circle of disciples, Peter, James, and John, that he spent most of his time with. Uh, we don't have a lot of indication that he spent a ton of time with Judas Iscariot. Nevertheless, the disciples never knew when Jesus said, one of you will betray me, they all wondered if it was them. They didn't point the finger at Judas immediately, which kind of tells you how Jesus treated somebody that he knew was going to treat him horribly without ever asking for forgiveness. So I think that's sort of how you have to handle it. You don't have to act like it never happened. You don't have to ignore it. You don't have to be best friends with the person. Trust God and love them. And I think there are very few circumstances. I mean, there are people who find themselves in situations where you're having to forgive someone who has committed a heinous act. Maybe they have physically hurt a family member or they physically hurt you. Uh, I'm thinking of, of abuse situations or of, of people who have taken advantage of someone else. And those are those are situations, I think, that require special counsel and special uh, you know, guidance from the Holy Spirit. I think the majority of us will – the majority of the times we're going to be called to forgive are not going to fall within that uh, you know, that category. And I think what we have to realize is our natural inclination is not to forgive or it is to forgive in a minimalist sort of way. Like we want to do the bottom line thing that we got to do. <laughs> like, okay, God, you called me to this. What is the – what is the, the, the least amount I have to do so I can say, okay, I've done it? And I think we have to realize that's going to be our inclination, and, and we really want to be in obedience, open to the Father uh, who, who may guide us to do good, as the Word says, to those who have hurt us, actually doing good to them, yeah. not just forgiving them. So good stuff. Weak sauce, by the way, means something that is poor uh, or disappointing standard or quality. See, listen to the gospel friends, and you're going to learn how to talk to today's youth. I'll, I'll say this. There's probably somebody listening right now that is struggling with whether or not to forgive somebody. Let me give you a free resource. At least last time I checked, it was out there free. A guy named R.T. Kendall um, has written a book called Total Forgiveness. You can find him teaching on that uh, on YouTube. Just look up R.T. Kendall, Total Forgiveness. Um if you are struggling to forgive somebody and you don't want to, let Dr. Kendall talk you into doing that from the Bible because the fact of the matter is unforgiveness is more harmful to you yourself than it is helpful. And just trust God who Amen. is the one who vengeance this is. All right, guys, next choice. You can choose between cannabis reform. What is that? Sounds like a technical term. Cannabis reform? Yeah, cannabis. Uh, Marijuana reform. Wait a minute. Where have I heard that? That's that bumper sticker. You have that cannabis bumper sticker, <laughs> Nick, on the back of your car. And the jokes. Uh, what is that? Okay. Do we want to talk about marijuana reform and religion in the South? Or do we want to talk about a place where Billy Graham might just get it wrong? Nick, I'm going to turn this one over to you. Uh, I'm going to let you pick. Is, is there even a question here? I mean, it's kind of be like sitting down in front of me a tofu burger or a, you know, ribeye steak sandwich and asking, you know, which, which one are you going to pick, David? I mean, oh, yeah. my natural. I got to know what's coming here. Yeah, I mean, yeah. But I so, thought I knew what was coming last time. Well, let's go ahead, Nick. What, what, are you, what are you thinking you want to talk about, Nick? 
I'm interested that someone thinks Billy Graham could be wrong. So no, okay, overall, let's talk about, let's talk about pot. <laughs> I, I will so tell to, you. All right, pulling the curtain back, I found the story and yes, sent it did. in as a possibility. Yep. And Nick's first comment to me was, "Oh, great! I'm going to be blamed for that one." <laughs> yes, yep. and I said, "Yes, you are," because I'm going to make sure that it happens. There you go. Here's I entitled the other one. Billy Graham gets it wrong. I knew we wouldn't talk about it, but. In the article, which we'll probably put in the show notes or something like that, Billy Graham names the one sin that can't be forgiven. Uh, And the one sin, according to Reverend Graham, that can't be forgiven is resisting the Holy Spirit uh, unto death, which is – honestly, it's not accurate. The one sin that can't be forgiven is the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. And that's how he's interpreting yes. the blasphemy, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, very simply, is blaspheming the Holy Spirit. So that's hurling accusations at the Holy Spirit. I think we've talked about that before. But one thing we probably haven't well, I talked think about if, in quite a while. So we don't just say that and rush by it because I, I spend a significant amount of time in my early years worried about having – Okay. Committed that sin, yes. as probably other uh, people have feared as well. But I mean, at least at least I think we should say this in context. You correct me if I'm wrong, but in context, when it is brought up, there were men attributing the work that Jesus was doing uh, in in healing people, which was evidently the work of the Holy Spirit. They were. Uh, attributing that to Satan, they were saying this work is of Satan, and that is where the that is where that gets brought up yes. at that point. So that's the context of blasphemy uh, as it as it happened. Yeah, and my understanding of that passage is they they got close to it that that was not necessarily the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, mm-hmm. but Jesus warned them, "Hey guys, you're getting very you're close." Getting close, yeah. Uh, so. One of the things you don't want to do is to ever – if you see a th- something happening and you don't know whether it's the Holy Spirit or who, who it's from, you better be careful about assuming it's a work of the enemy or some other work when it could, in fact, be the work of the Holy Spirit. So good point there. I think committing – a person committing the blasphemy of the Holy Spirit has to be in a fairly hardened place, and I believe it has to be an intentional sort of turning away from God for those that are worried that they – might have committed that. Yeah. Um, so Genesis one twenty nine says, God said, look, I've given you every seed-bearing plant on the surface of the entire earth and every tree whose fruit contains, contains seed. This food will be for you. There is a group advocating in the South for the legalization of cannabis for various reasons, um, led by uh, Lydia Decker, I believe is her name, that says that cannabis should be morally allowed and legally allowed and bases that viewpoint on Genesis one twenty nine. Now, there's other details that might come up in our discussion, but without further expansion, I will throw it to you guys. What do you think of this? Should cannabis be legal? And if it is, is it moral? Is it ethical? Is it allowable under Scripture? Well, based on the counsel of my pastor, as long as there's a lot of people doing it, and you're there you already go. there, I mean, you know. Follow the trend. Yeah. I mean, that's that's what I've been taught. Solid advice right there. He is the pastor. That's strong sauce. That was a whole 
That's really, really strong sauce. Okay, well, let's go to the next choice. All right. If you guys don't have anything else to say there. Nick, you want to throw something Light in? them up, kids. Uh, no, like, I think, yeah. <laughs> don't, As if you had a Don't choice. hit stop on the show just yet. Yeah, please. Keep going. All right, so uh, do you want to go first? You would let me go. First? We're not always. Serious, I know this. By the way. I know this is uh, a topic close to your. Heart. So look, I've, I've well, I've well earned my nickname because no one's going to be surprised. Actually, so I think the whole narco thing didn't the whole narco thing come from a discussion just like this on a previous episode? Is that it? Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So that's that's. Um, Once you explain your position. Uh, so first of all, my my initial position is it's been taken out of context, and it <laughs> well, that's what we do on the show. And it's, it's it is what we do. So I, it's yeah. it's fine. Is from a medical standpoint, I have absolutely no no reservations as it pertains to the use of cannabis for different types of prescription medication. There's a certain condition I, I personally suffer from. I have a, there's a friend of mine that has a condition he suffers from that in something that would in no way give you any type of high in so in so much as smoking weed would give you just the derivative oil of cannabis would would treat both what he and I have um, more effectively than our current treatments without the side effects. So so literally um, there's there's medicines that he takes and the symptoms the side effects of those medications forces him to take other medications um, and and me some of my medications would do that if I would I just I, I try to avoid it um, and cannabis oil treats those conditions without the side effects and so as it pertains to to medically I I honestly don't understand why. It's not legal medically. Um, what what this group is advocating for is the recreational use, which is understandably a much more hotly debated topic. Um, my stance has always been to ask someone when they say, "Oh, you you can't legalize marijuana." My questions are: Do you do you support prohibition of, of cigarettes? Do you support prohibition of alcohol? And if they say no and no, then I, then I question what their beef is with marijuana. I like to pick on people and I like to get into discussions. It's one of those things that I kind of pick on people. Um, Chase was surprised to hear this. I've literally never used any form of marijuana in my life. Um, but it's still a fun punchline for the show. But um, So you're saying Christians should be able to sell up to 10 kilograms of marijuana per <laughs> Person. Isn't that how you funded the first 100 episodes, Jason? Well, we had to take a year off because our grow operation. There was an there was a mold issue. Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. Not grow house. house. Good, 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 good thoughts. I am really of medical-wise, and, and look, listen, I will say this. My research is none. <laughs> I you know, read articles and what have you. So I always think I always think it's good to talk about things that you really have no absolutely uh, no information on. Uh, it is what what doesn't quite make you know sense to me. There, there was a young lady. It was her in Alabama. Was it Haley? Uh, it, it's an Haley name. I want to say okay. it's Bailey or Haley. I'll uh, try to find. And, and even this story, I don't have. I don't remember all the details. I, I think she was she was sick with a terminal condition. Um, that the doctors felt like the this uh, cannabis oil or, or medicine derived from cannabis would really ease her uh, suffering, and you know she just couldn't get a hold of it. It is because mm-hmm. of where we live. It was just it was it was illegal, and you know medicinal wise, I 
I don't really understand the argument. Maybe I've just never heard an argument uh, that that really struck me. I think typically the argument is, well, it's pot, and it's you know it's it's marijuana, so we can't. Uh, Lenny, 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 Lenny. Thank you, Lenny. Uh, so, you know, it is it's pot, so we can't we can't use that as as Christians, or we can't have people using that. And and I just medicinal wise, I don't really understand if you have some medicine that uh, will better treat people in 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 their pain, and it will do so with less side effects, as as you're talking about, Nick, versus treating them with. I mean, Lortab or Oxycontin or any of these other powerful, you know, synthetic drugs that we have on the market. I don't really, I don't understand the difference, and I don't understand the argument uh, for the that medicine over the cannabis oil or, or what have you. Uh, I, I, to me, it, it's it's along the same lines. I, I just don't get the argument. I will. From there, I mean, I am not the, – the people who would use Genesis 129 to promote the recreational use of this drug, um, I'm just – I can't go there with them. I, I think the clear call of the word uh, in Colossians 3, set your mind on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And this this call that we have as Christians to to – Set our attention and our guidance and our minds and our thoughts on what is above, and to because of that withdraw from so much attention on things that are on the earth, and just to use a, a passage and a verse to say we should be able to do this recreationally. We should be able to do this. God has given it to us to do. I, I just I think it's a waste of time and energy, and, and honestly, I think it's using a biblical passage to try and. And, and and probably just uh, you know qualify what you're already wanting to do anyway. Um, the Bible tells us to avoid drunkenness, and I don't know how many joints it takes you to be in a altered state because I've never smoked one. Uh, but uh, whether it is beer or alcohol or anything like that, we are told to be sober-minded. We are told to avoid drunkenness, to be filled with the Holy Spirit, to set our minds on things that are above. Okay. And, and I, I, I think this would go in the in the face of that. So let me ask you a couple of questions. Um, you're saying you are okay in, in certain instances with medical use of cannabis, correct? Yes. Okay. And, but you would be opposed to the legalization of uh, marijuana for recreational purposes? Yes. Okay. Uh, are you opposed to the use of are, – are you pro-prohibition alcohol-wise? No, I'm not. You're not, but you are opposed to legalization of cannabis. Yes. Let me ask you. So, And, and if it was legalized, you would think it would be sinful uh, for Christians to partake using the Russell Moore argument essentially. It's, if, it w- if it was legalized? Yes. I think the – I think the command in the Bible is not to be, not to be drunk and to be sober-minded. Okay. And I do not know if you can do that smoking a joint or not. Can you? Can you do that? Can Can some people drink one beer, uh, or eight ounces of alcohol, or whatever, still be sober-minded and and not given to drunkenness? Yes. Then then I, I'm not going to say, well, that's a sin. Anyway, okay. I, I'm not going to go further than the Bible does. If if marijuana was legalized. 
Um, w- does it does it cause people to not be sober minded? Does it alter their state? Does it get them drunk? That's my question. Okay, that yeah, that sounds good. I, I think I, I would lar- largely track with both of you guys. I am uh, I am not opposed to the legalization of marijuana for. Uh, medical purposes. I, w- back in the day, I worked for a lawyer. I interviewed people that had gotten hooked on oxycotton, which is fully legal, uh, and and I will stay away that, from that drug for the rest of my life because I interviewed pe- person after person after person who got injured or whatever the doctor prescribed them oxycotton, and they ended up uh, in various forms of debt, drug use, all kinds of things. Um, Bad news, bad yeah. bad news, and and, and I would say uh, I I don't think marijuana is healthy. I, I don't. I would avoid it recreationally, absolutely. I think Christians should stay away from it because honestly, one joint is going to take you out of, as you say, David, sober mindedness. Uh, but I think medicinally, under certain circumstances, I, I have no problem with it being legalized. Now I say this: if it became recreationally legal, that is not something I'm going to take to the streets and protest. I would vote no, but it, I'm not hugely passionate uh, against it. Yeah, and, and I do – for somebody who wants to call hypocrisy on me for not wanting to you know, uh, not agree with prohibition of alcohol but be uh, agree with prohibition of, of marijuana. Here's my thing. I, I just – overall, if you ask me what would be the best thing for society – uh, it probably be would be for it to stay illegal as my thought. I mean, it's just it's most people. If it was legalized, it's not going to be uh, even if you could smoke one joint and not be drunkenness uh, into drunkenness. Most people are not going to stop there. And I, I just overall, Jesus said, pray for the kingdom. Uh, pray I think that, one is enough to move you out of sober mind. Okay, so I, I think you're making a consistent logical argument. I completely well, agree pr- with it. Jesus says, pray for. It's like the kingdom of heaven to be here. You know, pray uh, for the will of God to be done on earth as it is in heaven. And and I just think overall the direction that we want to be moving in is setting our minds on things that are above, not on things that are below. And I just don't think that's going to take us in that direction. Society might be better off if alcohol was illegal, even though I don't think – I think you can drink and not get drunk. But yeah. that's probably another controversial more, topic for another day. I think it's more difficult to smoke and not get high than it is to drink and not get drunk. But yeah. that is not the voice of experience. Nick, do you have anything you want to add? No, I'm good. Yeah, I, I understand and, and don't disagree with with a lot of that. Um, yeah, my mine really does go back to the the medicinal aspects of it. To your points, I think, and again. Chase mentioned this in, in prep is that, you know, people have systematically bred marijuana to be more potent more quickly um, than maybe what the original plant would have been. Um, again, a lot of my support of it comes from the medical side of things. Um, I, you know, I'm not going to I'm not going to divide with a, with a believer over um, legalization for recreation or not. Um, but I, to David's point, you know. Paul's admonition of Timothy to Timothy of, you know, have some wine for your stomach seems to be of, of a treatment nature, not of a debilitating nature, which is kind of the same thing I see in some of the uses for cannabis or marijuana or, what, you know, weed, whatever you want to call it. And so um, that's where a lot of my, you know, that's where a lot of my stance comes from. So um, recreation, I just, I'm not prepared to go hard one way or the other on that one. 
All right, one more, and we're gonna we're gonna uh, I'm gonna get up, get out of my hosting chair. I'm gonna give it over uh, to you, uh, Shield Bearer McConnell and Armor uh, Bear. Oh, sorry. All right, so I'm gonna let you guys Sometimes pick. These are two bear. stories that I brought um, that, I, that I threw out to you guys. Uh, both uh, Tim Challey's articles. I really enjoy uh, Tim Challey's website. Uh, Challies.com. That's C-H-A-L-L-I-E-S. Are you talking about the reformed guy? Yeah, reformed guy. I, I put up with him sometimes. Um, they are – man, Challies, every day he uh, – um, you know, whether it's posting uh, free deals on you know, Amazon for uh, Christian books on Kindle or just good articles, he's, he's solid in a lot of the thoughts he puts out there. So, uh, guys, you get to choose between what is the hottest thing at church today. No, 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 no. It's not. Wait me. a minute! Oh, it's not me. I'm paying attention. Uh, what is the what is the hottest <laughs> thing at church today, or what we lost when we lost our hymnals, also known as warnings we did not need? What the, uh, what, what would you guys would you rather talk about the hottest today. thing at church today? No, we're not going to rank people. No, that, this is nothing one. to do with people. Okay. It's basically that um, would be awkward of the services of when you come to a service. What is the thing that most people? Wait, hold on. Are coming? Y'all for? have already. Or, Done this in the past, though. Then what? Ranked people? To, yeah. Like, <laughs> no. Not. Hello. Oh, bull. This is live. We're recording, man. <laughs> yeah, no. No. That, that My whole... wife listens to this. Oh, wait. No, I'm good. Yeah, okay. I did. I don't, I don't want it, there to be any confusion out there, especially if you were a listener from the actual Hall Dogma Church. So let me explain real quick. Years ago, years ago, we used to, <laughs> we used to do a ministry. Um, where we would we would pick people up. Please get me from. Hang on, we would pick people up from uh, dancing parties. No, not dancing parties, oh, okay. but a uh, a shelter downtown and bring them to the church for services and, and take them back. And so, one um, Sunday, uh, one of those individuals um, described one of us, and I'm not going to say which one, but one of us as the best looking pastor at Agape. <laughs> and so that's where that whole thing came from. The it was whole like thirty thing. years ago. It wasn't thirty years ago. You've only been at the Hall of Dogma Church for what? Well it seems like twenty seven years, but what has it been? And, and look, that woman was A on something and B, she told me that she was just gonna say something nice to Well that probably tells you, you what she said. So <laughs> who she picked. Anyway, go ahead. The hottest thing at church or what we lost when we lost our hymnals. I think I'm going to go with the the hottest women thing, Alex. What did you just say? I was being, you know, Sean Connery on Celebrity Jeopardy. Okay, I'm going to let it stand just because I played an upward podcasting. And okay, so we're we going with the turn. hottest thing at church today. Is that what y'all are picking? I don't know. I actually really like the hymnal one as well. Uh, Nick, what do you think? Oh, goodness gracious! What do you think? I'll pick for y'all if y'all can't agree. Honestly, for me, this is, this truly is a flip of the coin, and I really was going to let you pick since David and I have both picked an article. You, you got one you want to do? Uh, I, I have a preference. Really? Oh, geez. Really? Go ahead. <laughs> I want to talk about the hymnals because I have a story. Oh, I was afraid of that. Okay, okay, go ahead. The hottest thing at church today, by the way, is a Gallup poll that describes why people come to church, what is their favorite part of the service, and the hottest thing at church today is the sermon. That doesn't sound very likely. Well, that's what's according to Gallup. Okay, maybe we'll maybe we'll pin it because there's definitely opportunity in the future. You know, seventy six 
50% of people who go to church at least once a month say that their major reason for attending church is the sermons or the teaching. Because wow. people who go to church are supposed to say that, and they know it. Or it could be true. Yeah, it could be. Okay, I've well, never known people to be dishonest. <laughs> well, Keep going, though. Well, you wouldn't, but you don't like teaching. <laughs> okay, Zing. Here, I do here, it so here's lot. an article. What we what we lost when we lost our hymnals. So this is uh, Chally's uh, kind of giving uh, some. Do we thoughts. need to describe what a hymnal is for some <laughs> of our younger listeners? We 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 may indeed need. Uh, need to do that. He says, if we were going to go back in time 20 or 30 years, we would find most churches had hymnals. Now, if you are, if you look around your church, you can probably find hymnals. Uh, if you're in the Baptist church is still today, if you will go just find any furniture in the church that is, is not sitting straight and yep. look underneath where the, yes. the legs are. And more than likely somebody has propped it up using a hymnal, that book that's there on the floor that would be uh, a hymnal. A You'd piano be hard pressed to, to find a hymnal set. at the Hall of Dogma Church. I know where they are. They're here. Yeah, we have them. Well, they're under the stage. Well, <laughs> they're here. <laughs> okay. Uh, they had hymnals because it was the best way of providing each member of the congregation with a copy of the songs. You'd hear it in church every week. Take out your hymnal and turn to hymn 154. So here is uh, Chally's uh, thoughts on what we lost, and I'll just give them real quick, and then I'll let you guys comment. Uh, when we lost our hymnals, we lost, number one, an established body of songs. Hymnals communicated that a church had an established collection of songs. This, in turn, communicated that its songs were vetted carefully and added to its repertoire only after careful consideration. After all, great songs are not written every day. Therefore, new hymns would be chosen carefully and added to new editions of the hymnal only occasionally. Number two, we lost a deep knowledge of our songs. When we removed the hymnal, we gained the ability to add new songs to our repertoire. Whenever we encounter one we deem worthy, and we do, we add new songs all the time. And as we add new songs with great regularity, we sing old songs with less frequency. This is, reduces our familiarity with our songs. Third, we lost the ability to do harmonics. He uses a word called hymnody. Uh, grew David up a, has a harmonica. Grew up at a time. He does. When, not me, my uh, father-in-law. When instrumentation took a backseat to the voice, hymns were most often written so they could be sung a cappella or with minimum instrumentation. We lost the ability to sing skillfully as congregations have lost their knowledge of their songs. They have lost the ability to sing them well. We lost the ability to have the songs in our homes. Hymnals usually lived at the church resting from Monday to Saturday in the little pockets on the back of the pews. But people also bought their own and took them home so family could have established body of songs as well. Uh, so I want to hear from you guys. Here's the reason that this actually piqued my interest. I have admittedly for, for several years, uh, going back for quite a while, thought, right, look, if you still sing hymns at your church, that's really old school and and, and maybe you need to – Maybe kind of get with the times a little bit. That's going to be harder to draw people in. Uh, recently, my mom, who is in, in, in is in fairly bad health and has been for several years, and she's kind of home ridden. Um, she asked me to bring home with with me home about ridden. bed. Well, yeah, home ridden. She's okay. not bed ridden. She's I home see. ridden. It's that's a new phrase for me. Yeah, she she can she just doesn't leave her house much. So she asked me to bring home about five of these hymn books 
that she had at her house. Okay. And what she wanted to do was for me and the kids to actually call her and, and we would all sing some of these hymns together. Uh, and, and so I thought when she said that, well, that's about, you know, one of the worst ideas I've heard in a while. And my kids Shout who out are to all, your mom. yeah, my kids who are all, she's a big fan. My, my kids who are all 15 and under, I thought they are not going to go for this. This is not going to be something they're a fan of, but I did it because it's my mom and we should honor our, our mom. And so anyway, I brought them home and I introduced it to my children and lo and behold, they loved it. They didn't, they didn't just love it a little. They ate it up. They were looking through these hymn books. They were looking for songs that they knew. I've been teaching them songs. We learned Blessed Assurance last week, and uh, and, and they, they love it. And it has actually been really good times of family worship going through these books and singing some of these old songs and just singing the lyrics. And so it, it's kind of just opened my mind to I was closed off to something that has actually been very fruitful in our home. And that piqued my interest when I saw this article. Um, so with that in mind, what do you think, Chase, about what we lost when we lost our hymnals? Do you agree with any of Chally's statements? Do, do any of those sway you? All right. So th- I think this is actually a great question. I, I appreciate uh, our, our friend of the podcast, Tim Chally's, for bringing this up. Um I was raised uh, in a Presbyterian church, and we had hymns. And look, look, I have spent years in a charismatic church with uh, the modernist of modern worship music, and, and I've been all places in between. And, and and I would tell you on the surface, my preference is is uh, newer worship music, full guitar band, all that kind of good stuff. I love that. But when I am worshiping by myself, which is me in the car, just me in the sanctuary or whatever, walking around, honestly, half or more than half the songs that are going to come out of my mouth are going to be hymns. Um, they're memorable. It's interesting. They're solid. Uh, and I it looks sometimes I come up to here to the sanctuary for whatever reason, like last night, uh, you know, filling the baptistry or, or whatever else, and and it's just me. In, the, in a big room, and I'll, I will sing some of those hymns at the absolute top of my lungs because they are so great. They are, they are such classics. They're the, the, not all hymns are great, but the great ones are truly great. And I think most modern songs today can be a little shallow. Uh, there are certainly exceptions like In Christ Alone. Um, mm, that's a good one. But... But honestly, the f- I, I miss hymns, hmm. and, th- and that doesn't mean I think we should do every song a hymn. I think we should mainly stick to modern music because that's the era we live in. But at the same time, I, I, I think – I mean, look, if, if we had a hymn or two every Sunday, that, I, that would thrill me. Good, deep, rich, Christ-focused singing of of those kind of songs out of a hymnal, I think Charlie's has hit upon something. Nick, you know one of the things that he he mentions here is some of the um the skill kind of things, and and, and those are those are viable things to discuss. But you know there there's so many things that in church just harken back to. Well, back in my day, we did X. Back back in my day, we did Y. And so part of this article feels um, 
it, it, the article feels half content, half well back in my day to me. And so I will say, as you know, I, I grew up in a church where we did not utilize hymnals. You know, I've always stared at a screen for my words in some shape or form, even if it was um, what were the old projectors? The um, overhead projectors? Yeah, like they had to put the sheet down yeah, to keep yeah, changing. Buddy. I mean, I remember in youth, like you know, we had the the, the, the uh, clear sheets, yeah, and, and a young yeah. lady that was her job on Wednesday nights. You to know, move those around. Yeah, absolutely. And so, you know. I've never used hymnals. We've always sang the the, the pretty much the, the modern worship hits, and you know I, I don't have any problem with with folks saying you know songs get watered down. We song we sang a song this morning that um, the the second chorus or the bridge I can't remember what it's officially titled in the song, but it's just it's singing oh whoa whoa, whoa over and over, and I'm like that's cool to concert that's that's not worship. Nothing about that is worship. In those particular lyrics, I like the song. I enjoy playing the song. I enjoy singing that song in worship, but that's not worship. Mm. It, those words alone. And so I, I definitely understand the, the meat. Um, I do believe there's a lyrical, um, I don't know, there's, there's just a lyrical lack in a lot of music. Now, not all. Um, not every song on every album. You know, there's a lot of people that do very much try to sing deep meaningful lyrics but the hymns really tried to take spiritual truths put them to music you know bible based where a lot of what people call modern worship is more experiential more i'll say me focused and it's not necessarily as much god we're pointing and i think i think that's a very viable discussion point um some of his again some of his conversation about the We've we've lost our musical talents as a, as a congregation. I understand and respect that. I'll just say that was a different day and time, and and music happened differently. Period. In that day and time, um, there wasn't the instrumentation and technology and things. And so, eh, I, I hear what you're saying. That's not a compelling argument for me in this case. Um, you know, a lot of people are going to split the worship conversation of, well, we've got to have a band to attract. We've got to have this to attract. We've got to have that to attract. And, and I definitely I definitely agree with the person who would say an authentic guy with a guitar, just him, will get more people or get people deeper than all the instrumentation. And I do yeah. believe honesty will win out. Um, but I do believe you have to kind of look at where we are um, and consider that when you're making these decisions. Don't make your decision based on that, but consider them when you're making your decisions. I am somewhat swayed by the voices, though. I will say that in, setting, that in settings where we are just singing and it's kind of a cappella and you can kind of hear everybody, mm-hmm. and to me there's something – It's all over the place. It, there's something powerful about that um, that – I enjoy listening to the instruments oh, and having them, yeah. but there's something to me powerful about that. Um, uh, the, but I, I do wonder, like, what will happen? How long will these songs, like, you know, "Blessed Assurance" or "Amazing Grace" or "How Great Thou Art"? How long, you know, will those songs make it to our kids? When you know our grandchildren, our great grandchildren, will they continue on? Will will those future generations know those songs? And in what if? 
songs from us would they be singing? You know, we're in such an environment now where if someone sings a song in church that was from 10 years ago, people say, you're not really in touch. You're singing songs from, from last decade. I just, there, there's such a, there is such a kind of culture in the church of needing to do the latest and the greatest uh, that I, I just wonder if we are going to miss something, you know, future generation-wise. But but what in and this is not argumentative. It's it, it is really. Oh, sure, it is. It's it's argumentative. What about Amazing Grace demands its it carry on in the same way that we're worried about the word carry on? Because because when we we go, oh, I just I don't. That's got to carry on. It's kind of like saying you know we're worried about losing the truth of Scripture. Well, you know. So I've got a partial answer to that. And one thing I love is that there's a lot of. Some of what I would anyway. There's a lot of worship leaders that seem committed to preserving those songs, and they're actually seem per, committed to furthering in them because you you have the song "My Ch- Amazing Grace, My Chains Are Gone," where they blend yeah. two songs, and so I think you have a lot of people committed to seeing those continue. But do we? I mean, do we set on high something that that doesn't? Are we setting something higher than it deserves? Sometimes with some of the older songs, I, mean, I, def- I say that as a person who loves older songs and hymns. I, I definitely do not think it is the same level of scripture by any, you know, stretch of the imagination. I, I definitely do not think that we have to, um, you know, that they should continue on in the same way that we're trying to preserve uh, the 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 gospel or the Bible. But I do think there is. I do think there is uh, evidence in the Bible of the importance of hearing of uh, the past and what happened in previous generations and uh, the honoring of those people. And I think there's something to continuing on some of those traditions. I think there are some places in the Word where it it talks about uh, the honoring of tradition in a good way. And so I, from that perspective is where I'm saying, man, you would love to, to think of some of these songs carrying on to to other to future generations. That's my thought. Uh, definitely not in the same vein as, as Scripture. But I, I will say this. If, if, you know, Chase, if I went today or, or if, if I knew of someone who is starting a church or I was going to start a church or something like that, it would be nice to know there were leaders there who maybe had the guts to say, you know what, we're not going to, you know, when we sit down and decide what kind of worship we're going to do and how we're going to do it, we're not going to decide it solely based on what we think people will, you know, is going to draw the most people in, but rather, okay, first and foremost, what's going to honor God? What's yes. going to be good for the people here? And what should be the standard by which we do things as we are starting up this, you know, this church? And, it, and, it, and the conclusion you arrive to is. Full band and and you know mainly modern songs. Then Amen, praise God, and 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 do it from your heart. But you might arrive at a different conclusion as well, and that would be okay. Yeah, look, look I, I tell you this, David. Twenty, thirty years from now, what if uh, what if churches start having DJs or or something completely different? You know, we don't have choirs at, at the Hall of Dogma Church. We used to, but. Um, a lot of churches don't have choirs anymore. The music looks completely different. What if 20, 30 years from now people don't have praise bands? They have something completely different. I say great as long as the music is is truthful, godly, focused on God, 
and and elicits worship out of the people. And I, I honestly think in our lifetimes there are going to be, if not the majority of close uh, churches close to it, that uh, it's going to look completely different musically. Yep. And I hope even then we still maintain some of those old great hymns, which are not nearly as um, – as as Nick said, they're not nearly as worthy of preservation as the Word of God, but yet I think they contain great value that doesn't need to be lost. Yes. Well, if you have some, as we wrap up Teoli, get ready to move to our next segment. If you have some comments that you would like to make, uh, we haven't got to do this in a while, but you can leave us comments. We'd love to hear your voicemails. You can call in the United States, 205-575-9735. Or for international listeners, you can go to speakpipe.com, and that would allow you to leave us a uh, voicemail at speakpipe.com slash thegospelfriends. Is that correct, Nick? Sure. That is correct. (laughs) Look, I I can't believe Is it thegospelfriends? Yeah. Speakpipe.com slash thegospelfriends. And what is our email? Thegospelfriends at gmail.com? You got it. All right. So send us your feedback and comments, uh, and we would love to hear your thoughts. All right, well, we are going to uh, move right into everyone's favorite segment from the, uh, if if you're a past listener of the Gospel Friends, and that is, What Were You Thinking? Uh, This is a a segment where we take a look around our wacky world and we see (laughs) what uh, people have been up to and uh, and, and discuss it. So uh, now I I noticed that as we get ready for this segment that uh, both of you gentlemen are – seem to be very attuned and paying attention as you stare into your eye devices. So do I need to kind of uh, – No, it just usually takes you four or five minutes to actually get into Did one of these. we start back? Yes. Oh, we, my bad. Well, we, we never went away, Chase. Uh, oh, yeah. Sorry. N- that's the point of Nick's magical editing is Good that job, no one ever knows that uh, we were gone. Okay. Uh, but, I mean, now that you've told everybody – Thanks, man, we're behind back. the curtain. Yeah, we're back. We had to let somebody in. Well, yeah. And we can't you, say who it is, though. And then you disappeared for like 20 minutes. So, But anyway. It's good to have you continue. back. There. It's good to be here. <laughs> Beijing, China. Oh, boy. Here we go, guys. You ready? What were you thinking? It's been about Nothing a year. like getting a whole biggest country in the world mad Is at China us. where – how popular are we in China? Well, it's funny you mention that. Okay. It's not actually China unless something fishy is going on. But I checked the web stats uh, of late. And by the way, a couple of interesting things jumped out because I hadn't looked at them in a month. We got more popular after Well, some, <laughs> something happened. Well, we're in, we're in kind of uh, – don't shows after they go off the air sometimes uh, get, get look, popular? Maybe, maybe that helped us. But yeah. our last 10 episodes have all averaged uh, over 1,000 unique downloads each, which I guess is okay. But the interesting thing is the last three months, the – of course, United States of America gets the the most downloads, USA, but like USA. right behind. In fact, for this month, it's just like twenty downloads behind is Japan. Hmm. Like hundreds of people per month are downloading the Gospel Friends in Japan. I have no idea why. And Germany's right behind that. And usually, it was the United Kingdom, our, our British friends, like. Uh, uh, Chris Studdard and, and yeah. Ian and all those guys. He's been guys. on like Ian a Mackey. tour of the U.S. here lately. Yeah, he was. Uh, yeah, so, yeah. yeah. But here, of late, something's happened. We're big in Japan. How cool is it that when we first sat down to talk about doing this show, we we mentioned – was that Pokemon? Did I just hear 
Poke you're playing Pokemon on your phone. <laughs> Dang God, man, what's wrong with I you? I mean, what? <laughs> Is that, are you so bored with my what I'm going to say? That Does you, cannabis you, oil you, help with that? <laughs> I don't know. You okay. be the expert on ADD meds. Do you guys remember um, when we sat down to talk about doing this show and we we talked about like just wanting to how cool would it be if the Lord allowed some other people to kind of come in and so so come into our conversation and just kind yep. of join it, Chris was here from the UK. I don't even really know like how all that came about, but he was. I think he flew. He. <laughs> Okay, I don't know what the purpose was. Like, was he just coming to visit friends, or was he here for something else? But he was hanging out with a variety of people yeah. from the Hall of Dogma. Uh, that's Rogborough. That's pretty. That's pretty cool to me. Yeah, how awesome is that? That they all met in the Hall of Dogma and uh, like met in person. That's really that's that's pretty, really pretty amazing. Cool. All right, humbling. Beijing, China. Facial scanners installed in public toilets to combat toilet paper theft. Oh, my. So to combat the rampant toilet paper theft in public toilets, local authorities in Beijing have begun installing high-tech facial scanners that prevent users from taking any more toilet paper if they show up again within a certain period of time. Now, here's the interesting thing about this story to me, okay? Um, uh, they give an example, a place called the Temple of Heaven, which is one that of the sounds most – like a great place to go to <laughs> yeah. the bathroom. It was one of the most popular tourist attractions in Beijing. Yeah. And it used to be a hotbed of toilet paper theft. Oh. So they – sick of wasting huge amount of money on thousands of rolls of paper every month. Thousands. Because, yeah. I guess people were just going in there and just taking toilet paper. Maybe it was like a, hey, we don't – How do you take toilet, toilet paper? Well, I mean, you just take it How off the How do you get roll? toilet paper off the roll, Chase? Well, look, every place I go that's public that has a toilet paper thing, it's in those complicated boxes <laughs> where you pull on it and you get two squares and you have to get up in there and fight to get any more well, out of it. <laughs> <laughs> some, um, you can take some medicine to help with that. Uh, but anyway, so... Our celery <laughs> helps. Raisin bran. <laughs> so, so, so... You need to show David that picture of celery, by the way. Okay, I don't need to see anything. No, no, you love it. So here's the thing: uh, what, what if you were just like your your wife called, <clears throat> and just imagine I'm speaking Chinese. But anyway, okay, she okay. said she said, "Hey, can you run by the store on the way home? We're out Holy of toilet cow, paper. I understand you. We're, we're out of toilet paper, and you just said, oh, 'Oh, I'll just run by the temple. They they that's where I get my toilet paper.' Yeah. Okay, here's the thing: so so they they recently replaced the old dispensers with high tech dispensers. Which incorporates facial scanning technology. Now, there's a there's a picture. So what you do is you go and you stand in front of this before you go to the bathroom. You stand in front of this machine. It scans your face, and then here, here's the thing: it gives you 60 centimeters of toilet paper. Wait a minute. Okay, so you get 60 centimeters of toilet paper, and then it stores your picture in the database, and you cannot get more toilet paper for nine minutes. If, if you return in less than nine minutes from your previous visit, the machine will remember you and not dispense any more toilet paper. Now, my, my question is, I, I don't know the centimeters. Uh, That's just short of two feet. So, like, Okay, is two, is two feet of toilet paper adequate? What are you going to do with two <laughs> feet of toilet paper? Well, uh, well I mean, what are you going to do with toilet paper, period? I don't need to see that, Nick. Stop. <laughs> what? That's a great picture. Okay, so of it, celery. Sixty centimeters is. It's like twenty three and a half inches. 
Okay, so is that would that be enough toilet paper? That wouldn't be enough toilet paper to blow your nose. It would not be, you said? Well, I don't think so. Well, that's all you get. Two feet. And if you come back within – well, first of all, I mean, if you do run out and what you come back – What did I eat for dinner? To the, well, it's, China, it's Chinese. It's in China. It's Beijing. Obviously, orange chicken or – Fried uh, rice. Uh, fried rice. <laughs> or well, there's no. little, what are those little fried um, crab – uh, cream cheese and crab things. You know, oh, wontons. Wontons. Yeah, those. Yeah. General So's stuff. Oh, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, how, how we know a lot about And they stay hungry all the time because oh, we all know that like Chinese food doesn't, doesn't, doesn't <laughs> fill you up. So, I mean, they're probably constantly eating and pro- constantly having to go to the bathroom. Well, that, that's going to be tough. So, if you get in the. You know that whole us being big in Japan thing? That's probably going to solve itself here in a minute probably. or two. Here's the thing if you got into the stall, stall, if you got into the stall, uh-huh. if you got into the stall and the 60 centimeters wasn't enough, you're just going to be in there for a while. Well, but, but even if like you wait your 10 minutes, you got to go out and oh, scan geez. and then come back in. That just sounds like a, a, a complicated system. In my opinion, it's incredibly complicated. And uh, look, I have can, bad. Can I just say, we're, why do we have cameras with facial detection software that's, that's in bad. the bathroom? Yeah. Well, how do we get past that? Uh, I guess people stop stealing toilet paper. We are going to have to. No, race. I'm saying, how did we just move past the fact that people have cameras in bathrooms and didn't discuss that? Well, it's just scanning your face. That's all. It's doing. Oh, sure. So far, the response from the general public in China has been mixed. Some arguing. Mixed. Some arguing that 60 centimeters of toilet paper simply isn't enough, and others applauding the idea and urging authorities to make it available na- nationwide. Also, to help Nobody out, is applauding that idea. <laughs> That's a Chinese press lie. <laughs> Listen, They're lying. They also, the Chinese authorities are actually, <laughs> they're actually paying people uh, right now to uh, stand in the bathrooms and be an attendant to show people how to use the, the scanners. That's it's clever. Good good job, guys. What kind of job? What about that? That sounds like a government good solution stimulus right there. Somebody for tell it. Trump. Hey, Let, bad news. Yeah, we're gonna have to increase the Hall of Dogma Church toilet paper budget. What happened? Uh, nothing. I'll, I'll tell you later. Are you stealing it? Uh, well, no. Did that's you weird. did you use your two squares and you need more? I, the place I was getting my toilet paper from is all of a sudden <laughs> gotten a little more complicated. <laughs> so you need some help. Gotcha. Yeah. I'm not going to buy it at the store. That's ridiculous. Paris, France. Coffee shop customer delivers obnoxious table uh, table neighbors a delicious lesson. So let me ask you guys a question. If you were at a coffee shop and you're sitting there and this group of people come in and they are just being obnoxiously loud, not a little loud, but obnoxiously loud, and you can overhear their whole conversation and they're talking about this great business venture um, that they've come up with, and 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 you ask the managers to maybe ask them to kind of quiet down, and the managers go and speak to them, and they just happen to get louder, not quieter. Uh, and so you're overhearing their conversation, and they're talking about this new business venture, and uh, and even what they would name their company. What would be your way of getting back at them? I would probably move to a different table. Oh, really? That sounds kind of lame. Compared to what? Drop a people's elbow on them? Compared to what Kali Sinanal did. Yeah. Well, he didn't get mad. He got even. After hearing the name, they decided to call their new business. He went and bought up the corresponding domain name (laughs) on the internet and the social media. (laughs) I like it. I like it a lot, actually. I thought we were heading towards a 
a more toilet related no it, 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 it wasn't um that's uh, beautiful. he tweeted out coffee shop people next to me are loud and rude they just found the perfect name for their new business i bought their domain name <laughs> <laughs> i'm okay with this Jesus. apparently his really tweet am. went viral and uh so they did complain and ask you know to them to quiet down the managers tried but didn't say a lot to them they just kept getting louder and so uh he went and bought up all of the uh all of the domain uh, names that could be associated with the business, well, and apparently it? Uh, it doesn't say. Uh, but uh, Twitter what a rip off. I want my money back, it, David. I'm sorry. It went viral uh, on the internet, and there uh, some of the um, Twitter sphere users uh, gave some suggestions about what they could do with the new website. Uh, one, <laughs> yes, please. Joey Weber <laughs> says, "Throw up a page that says stop being loud and rude in coffee shops.'" Uh, uh, another gentleman said, please make the domain resolve to this tweet, which was telling them what had actually happened. Uh, and then um, uh, some other uh, – be sure to shore up all their social media possibilities and Twitter handles and what have you. you got to uh, grab the Twitter handle. He actually said that he plans on releasing the domain soon, hoping that the lesson was uh, was was well learned. I, I, I just saw that and thought that was uh, – I, I don't know that, that was a Christ-like way. Of handling the situation, but oh, uh, not I mean, he didn't hit bit. him or anything. No, that was actually a G-rated. That that particular one was a G-rated. What were you thinking? Yeah, so, it just you know, good job struck me as funny. All right, let's move. Final one, Zimbabwe. Well, I thought we were going to end on a nice nope. wholesome note. Zim- not even a chance. Zimbab Zimbab Zimbabwean pastor claims to have God's direct phone number. So Paul Sananagor, a controversial pastor from Zimbabwe, claims that he received God's phone number from the Almighty himself and often receives calls from him on how to best help his congregation. Oh. Sangamore, who goes by the name Pastor Talent. Pastor what? Pastor Talent. Oh, I yeah. like that. Here's a picture of, uh, of him taking a phone call <laughs> from God. Oh, my gosh. Nick. No, 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 no. So uh, he made his first outrageous claim in February after a video of him allegedly talking on the phone with God at a service in his church, Victory World International Ministries. Can, can I just say something for a moment? Yeah. I, I, <laughs> I just, you know, I, I don't want to stereotype here, okay? I, well, cause but if the name of your church, dangerous. if the name of your church has... More than four words, I assume you're heretical. <laughs> I'm just going to say, and, and it's probably wrong of me, that, but the moment I hear Victory World International Outreach Ministries or something like that, I'm, I'm just, I'm assuming um, nothing good goes on inside of your building. All right. Nobody else wants to back me up on that? Nope. Okay. All, All right. right. We're going to have a start. All right. Uh, so, anyway, uh, I don't want, I guess I'll hear this week from some people who have long church names. All right. So, uh, in, a, in an interview with Zimbabwean News, uh, the pastor talent revealed that he was indeed on the phone with the Almighty, adding he was surprised to see people so shocked about the whole thing. I have a direct channel. Actually, I have his number and I can call him when the need arises. It's possible to talk to God. Why would you doubt that I got a call from him? I actually have a direct line, which I can call and get instructions on how to proceed. I got this when I was praying, and I heard a voice telling me to call direct. Uh, so uh, eventually, he, he says that he plans to release God's number so that other people can call. Uh, but surprisingly enough, the uh, first Sunday that he planned to air that on television, uh, he ended up not doing it and said God told him to wait. So mm. he's going to do it on mm. another Sunday. 
Now, I, I'm doing this story for a couple of reasons. I've heard there's 88 reasons Jesus is going to come back in 1988 as well. Uh, is it, yep. Is it 2088 now? Or? Ooh, there you go. Okay. So our, our little intro at the beginning. Um, yeah. It, what all does that say? It says that uh, in a world where heresy – Blank is the airwaves. Blank is the airwaves. Uh, religious stuff shirts – and uh, so we're fighting uh, heresy and religious stuff shirts. And yep. what's the other one? Old people? No, it's not. I don't think it's no. old people, is it? Oh, can you just play it real quick? Uh, you got it? Yeah, let's just hear it. In a world where heresy blankets the heresy. airwaves, okay. religious stuff shirts religious suck stuff the life shirt. out of Sunday morning, yep. and prosperity teachers prosperity rob teachers. grandmothers okay. of their... Oh, yeah. All right, so I just feel like it, it is... Are widows and orphans in there? Uh, oh, wow. Uh, no, maybe in... No, we're on their side. My bad. I yeah. mean, so we don't want to fight them. Yes. I, I just feel like it is it is necessary for us to let our uh, listeners know. Yes. If if your pastor says he has God's phone number, like that he actually dials on his phone and that he'll call him during a service, he may be a heretic. I think there's a reason to believe. <gasps> New that game. Okay, sorry. <laughs> you might be a heretic if. Yeah, you, I, I think. Great. I think there's reason to believe that your pastor is uh, off the reservation. Yes. A little bit. A bit. Now, if your pastor says something like, hey, I can contact God, uh, I have email, that doesn't mean your pastor's off the reservation. It just means he's really out of touch. Well, it doesn't mean he's a heretic. No, least. he's not a heretic. It just means he hasn't left 1970. It, yeah, he's it just a corn means... Farmer, <laughs> Dang! But if he actually holds a phone up and, and claims that... Um, what about all the corn farmers, Chase? Do you not have any compassion? God loves Do corn they, farmers. Does he? Because apparently you don't. I don't love corn farmers' church signs. Uh, pastor Talent would be sign. one of those. Uh, and, and, and while we're on it, if your pastor's name is Pastor Talent, but actually his last name is not Talent at all, yeah. but he just says, hey, call me Pastor Talent. That might be a reason. That's a red flag red for flag. concern as well. Well, David, I've got a surprise for you. What's that? Pastor boy? Talent may not have God's phone number, but yeah. you know what I have? No, tell me. I have Pastor Talent's phone number, <laughs> and I'm not even kidding. Are you serious? I'm dead serious. How did you get Pastor Talent's number? Uh, through Facebook. In fact, there's a button on Facebook <laughs> where you can call Pastor Talent, and it will send it to your phone. Oh, and, that is uh, amazing. Unfortunately, it has so many digits, I'm quite terrified of calling it because it's probably going to be hey, international. Hit call, and we will pay for it out of the Gospel Friends budget. How much we don't have anything in the Gospel We don't have a budget. Tell Chase we do. All right, let's see what happens. Chase, we've got plenty of money in the budget to cover it. Put it on speakerphone. What, what if Pastor... Your is not authorized to make calls to this phone number. Oh. If you would like to have Okay, so there's a joke in there about you have to be a deity in order to dial that phone number. What if you tried to dial God and got that message? You're not authorized. That's probably what would happen, right? Y'all think that's exactly what happens to some people. Well, I mean, that's not necessarily what I think. Maybe I'll just send a message to Pastor Talent and see if he'll give up the phone number. I think so. Um as uh, now, uh, apparently, Pastor Talent um, to prove that um, he could talk to God rather than give the number out or put God on speakerphone or anything, he just actually handed the phone to a random person in a service. Random person, he just handed it to him and and let that person talk. And, and sure, because I've that, never seen stuff like that. Before. Sure enough, that person verified that sure. um, God spoke to him 
and uh, and now he's a prophet. So crazy, crazy things going on in the name of religion. Well, I sent him a message. I'll, I'll let you know next episode. What did you? What did you? What did you say to him? Hey, brother, what is that telephone number? <laughs> Are you the one with the phone number to heaven? Did you really say yeah, that? Yeah, I sent it. Of course, he did. So if I don't show up for the next episode, well. Okay, well, maybe we'll have some listener feedback for uh, the next episode, so that we can, um, so that we can uh, put him on. That's a good plan. Great if we got that. Was fascinating. Why why are you gesticulating wildly, David? Because he wants me to say, if you want to contact us, there's a couple different ways you can do that. Why, Chase? Can we do nothing behind the scenes that you must not point out? There is a curtain that's supposed to be up. There's a there's a fourth wall. My bad. You just don't like that. I, I believe in government with transparency. I mean, you're the one who, if if someone in the notes puts hard transition, you'll actually read out. Okay, hey guys, we, we are now a there's a hard transition here. Yeah. Maybe I have didn't you used to do radio disorder. back in the day? Like I, I did. And and, and were you television bad at and stuff? It? Oh yeah. Were you really? I wasn't bad at it. I was. It was <laughs> I was the best. Tech radio show on Saturday on whatever station we were on. At what time? 11. At night or in the morning? In the morning. morning. Really? Yeah. Yeah, Trivia here. uh, It was a Saturday. I actually, when they hired Chase, uh, I knew who he was after they gave me a few details. I used to listen to his tech show. Oh, somebody's bought your domain name. Uh, yeah, they did. <laughs> they heard him. Did. Well, him and Sam heard uh, people talking. Or somebody heard them <laughs> heard them talking about it at lunch one day and about their domain name. <laughs> uh, he, yeah, I actually knew who he was because I used to listen to them. So I listened to them on Saturday morning, and uh, and, and a couple of times. So I knew who he was. And I and all that I really remember from the show is that after I listened to their show, I went home and downloaded some type of Adaware software. <laughs> that would That's remove. really all we talked about was Adaware. Really? Yeah. Well, we everybody that called had computers eaten up with spyware, and that's that's ninety percent of our calls. So once Adaware kind of went away, that's your show went away. Uh, I guess that's yeah. We, we were the rise and fall of spyware. Did you ever get any sp- sponsorship from Adaware on that? We did not. No, Ooh. Adaware was free. We did get sponsors, but not not Adaware. Hmm. Oh, I had something for Pastor Talent. Nice. <laughs> okay. All right. If you'd like to. Um, Reply to any of this discussion, (laughs) or if you know how to get in touch with Pastor Talent, there's a couple ways you can reach us. Um, Did you say if you want to get in touch with Pastor Talent? No, if you want to tell us how to get in touch. Oh, okay, okay. It's like two six six. Oh, hang on, I lost it. Good gravy. Seven. So you can contact us in honor of the general um, three nine six on the Twitter at my gospel friends. You've got the Facebook group that we talked about before, the Hall of Dogma, facebook.com slash groups slash Hall of Dogma. Voicemail is available, 205-575-9735, or speakpipe.com slash the gospel friends. Thanks, as always, for intro-outro music. Sean Lombard providing the intro, and Jeff, the funky stick man, providing the outro. As always, you know, as always, like, except for that year gap in between shows. (laughs) Sorry, go ahead. Where we became big As always, man. every time we record, we always yes. think. Okay. I'm with you. Behind the curtain, man. Yeah. Ruin a good thing, man. Like, Gotcha. Are we going to do another show? We'll see. Tune Who in knows? next time. We oh. may hear David say. Chase, I really like that romper, but I don't think you should preach in it.
Legalist. Show, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Well, before I answer that question, David, I, I, do we need to do anything to take advantage of the fact that Nick has left the room and we can say whatever we want right now and he probably won't pick it up in editing? I, I, is, he, is he not there? Well, well no, he a, just walked out. Well, there's a, well, there's a bank of uh, smoke right uh, where he usually <laughs> is sitting, and I, I can't it's see. It's hard to tell I sometimes. Can't see. <laughs> Ask Shaggy where he's gone. Yes.